Welcome to the Geocache Talk Presents, an exciting and interesting podcast brought to you by the Geocache Talk Geocaching Network. This podcast is about geocachers, their stories, as well as their tips, tricks, and adventures. So thank you for coming along for Geocache Talk Presents. Chad, thank you for being on, and we're going we're gonna to do this interview to kind of give people an idea of who you are, and uh, your name comes up a lot, so let's, let's let people know who you really are. Um, to, to start off, the obvious question is, how or when did you first hear about geocaching? So I heard about geocaching uh, in 2014. Uh, my wife planned a trip to Astoria, Oregon, and uh, she mentioned to me that she has this fun new game uh, that she found that we do on the way down. It's treasure hunting with your phone. Um, so she downloaded the app. We found a couple of them. Um, I was not impressed with the game. Um, and, uh, you know, I, uh, I don't think many people like, uh, finding the wet logs and Tupperware with, uh, you know, full of water. Uh, and in the Pacific Northwest, there's a lot of, you know, rain. So, um, we get a lot of wet logs and, and messed up containers. So we did a few of those uh, on the trip. And then at the hotel we were staying at, um, on the way back, we were there for about a week. So we did some caching for about a week. And on the way back, we were staying at a hotel. And my wife says, oh, there's a cache in the parking lot. We should go find it. And I thought, okay, I'll go find it with you. And um, that was my first creative one I found that that made mm-hmm. me think, oh, this is kind of a cool game. This can be This could be fun. Uh, and you could really do something with this. So before we get into the details of that, what was your very first find? Do you remember what your your very first one was? Uh, really, it was, uh, I think, a lock and lock behind a tree down off the 101. I think it was in uh, Shelton or something like that. Just standard traditional cache, not too hard? No, not hard. Just right behind a tree. It was all wet. <laughs> it wasn't and, fun. Uh, so after that, when you were not impressed... Yeah. Yeah. I saw that and I thought this is, this is kind of dumb. You know, it had some toys in it, which is fun. You know, my son, uh, let's see what years it, uh, my son was seven, I think then six or seven. Okay. So, um, you know, it was kind of a fun thing for him to find toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when they're all wet and moldy and gross, you know, they're, you know, I don't want him to take any of those toys. They're not, yeah. they're not very fun. So, but actually if you started off with a lock and lock with some toys in it, you started off a little better than a lot of people do. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, before we get into what really got you excited about it, what's the meaning behind your name, Bounce Bounce? Um, so back on that trip um, is where we came up with the name. Uh, my, I was leaving Swag, which was Bouncy Balls. Okay. Um, I, I do a lot of marketing. So we give out, you know, you have those spinning wheels at, at shows, trade mm-hmm. shows. And yeah. I have thousands of bouncy balls and all these little toys. And so I took a bunch of bouncy balls with me. So my son said, oh, you should be bouncy balls for your geocaching name. And I thought, no, I don't, I don't like that. That sounds stupid. So, <laughs> um, but uh, I said, I could do bounce bounce. And honestly, I didn't really care about the name because I was like, this game's dumb. I'm not going to ever do it. So, you know, I don't care what the name is. Did you start from the very beginning with bounce bounce or did you start with your name on the first one? Uh, actually, we st- on the way down on the trip, we started just with my wife's free membership. And then mm-hmm. on the uh, way back, because she's on one, you know, she's further away f- than me, 50 feet away, looking for this cash. 
Mm-hmm. Because in the woods, they're not very accurate, the phones. And that's all we've ever used was phones. So I thought, well, I'll just download my own app, and then I could look myself, you know, on my phone. And she can look on hers. Right. Uh, so then that's why when we signed up for the free account under Bounce Bounce. Okay. So you alluded to this a minute ago, but uh, when, when did you get hooked? Um, in 2015, I think we went to the last block party. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw some of the lab caches there um, that Goblin Dust did for, for that event. And uh, someone said, hey, you should go find some of his caches. So I found uh, a couple of his caches that were brilliant caches. Um, and then I started looking up favorite points. I learned about favorite points uh, at the event. And so we started looking up that stuff. And then once I started seeing other creations, what people have done is when was when I got hooked. So was that your first creative caches or you found a few creative caches before that? Uh, the first two creative caches was on that trip to Astoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found that there was one in a parking lot that was a magnetic, uh, electrical panel on a light pole, uh, not a light pole, but a sign pole, right? Um, a pylon. And, uh, we were looking all over the place for it. Mm-hmm. You know, once we found it, I thought this is really cool. And then we found another one that was a fake, uh, pipe coming out of the ground and you just unscrewed it and the cache was on the inside. Of it. And we looked for hours on that at a place and I, I took a light bulb out thinking, oh, it might be the light bulb. Um, Cause you know, I was Googling geocaches and trying to think of ideas that people were doing mm-hmm. um, to try and find these. And uh, a neighbor yelled at us, do you find it yet? And said, no, we're still looking. She's like, well, you're really hot. You're really, <laughs> it's on the front of the building, not the, not the side. So, or she said, you're really cold. So, um, so we went around to the front and looked and looked and she said, you just touched it. And wow. so it was a, so it looked like a clean out for a uh, uh, French drain. Mm. So uh, yeah. So I, I looked at that and I thought that's just, that's great. You know, no one would ever think of that being, you know, anything other than a French drain clean out. And the first time you see a type of container is always the best. My first light skirt. It took us a long time to uh, find it because I didn't realize it lifted up. And I thought that's really cool. Um, so, and I put a few light skirts out, but obviously I don't have them anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, everyone has to start somewhere. So, so you're five years in the game now, or a little bit over five years in the game now. Um, what is your favorite, uh, type of cash or aspect of the game in general? Uh, any kind of creative cash. Uh, I really like to find lab caches. I really enjoy finding lab caches if they're physical lab caches. Mm-hmm. Even the virtual ones are fun, but uh, I like labs. Um, but mainly a gadget cache or creative cache. Um, if if someone tried at all to put effort into building something creative, I always give my favorite point because you know my my thought on it is, you know that could have been me and and uh, you know favorite points are kind of addictive and so anyways once I started getting them then I started thinking oh I should start doing some nicer things and better stuff which is one reason why I don't have premium caches uh, all mine are, are for everybody to find because if I didn't find those few creative ones when I was a basic member I would never have gotten into geocaching that's so, a good point um, yeah. so have you ever hidden a premium I have. I had a couple published as premiums and it only lasted about a month and I was thinking about it and I'm just like, no, you know, I, I really want other people to find it. Um, I'm le- meeting a lot of cashers that are finding my non-premium ones and they're mm-hmm. wanting to know what other ones I have, um, but they can't see it because they're basic members. So I switched everything, you know, it was only for about a month. I had a few premiums and then I switched everything to base to 
you know, whatever it's called. Yeah, no, I'm there with you. I've never hidden a premium myself either. So um, I think I did it once just to see if I could and then switched it immediately after that. But um, so for some of the people listening to this, they're going to kind of know the answer to this, but some people are going to be brand new and haven't talked to you or heard about you or heard about you on the show or anything. But uh, if you were known for one thing in geocaching, what would you want it to be? I think creating, you know, building creative caches, mm -hmm. you know, and then we have to be a gadget. Anything that is creative is, is what I like. You know, any, anything that's different than your typical lock and lock. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they don't have to have electronics in them. There's so many caches that you can do that, that are really creative that, you know, aren't Arduino based or, or anything like that. So. And uh, it's kind of sad that we're doing this as an audio only podcast because you're sitting right in front of some really blinking lights and cool caches that people can't <laughs> see. Um, that, I built that for a geocache. Where's my thing? Figure that for a geocache uh, Halloween party, it was a time travel party mm. um, and theme. So it's a um, steampunk time travel backpack. And I don't uh, know, the cool. lights are really, really bright, but on the sides, there's lights that flash here and there's lights that flash on the others. There's a lot of stuff. It does all kinds of stuff. Um, it will run. It has a motor in it that runs uh, a steam generating thing. It's kind of fun. Right. <laughs> and uh, so you've, you've traveled around a good bit and you've seen some creative caches and, you know, I've done some pretty, pretty good traveling, not as extensive as some, but I can tell you, and, and for the people that are listening to this, there's more creative caches behind you than I think I've found out in the wild. I just, I, we don't come across the, you know, caches of that quality that often. Now, granted, I know you're in the Northwest and y'all have a, a few people up there that are really knocking it out of the park. But um, I think it's extraordinary the, the caches that you do put out there. And you kind of undersell it because you're kind of a, you're a humble guy. But you're really putting out some very creative caches, and uh, I think that's I think that's I think that is what you're known for right now, right? I mean, that's so that is yeah. kind of a legacy in the game already. Um, the creative caches and lab caches. Yeah. So we'll switch the gears to throw you off for just a second. But when uh, what do you do when you're not geocaching? Uh, Making I, had to, I had to catch you off guard. I'm not going <laughs> to cry, but I am going to catch you off guard. So no, I, I'm I'm pretty much. I mean, you talking about not not making them or geocaching? Yeah. Just yeah. what do I do otherwise? Sit on my butt. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I have a son who's very creative. He loves to build stuff, so I'm always building stuff with him. Um, you know, uh, I, unfortunately, I'm a workaholic. I love to work. So nothing wrong um, with that. Yeah, I'm out usually at work or I'm in, in here building something. Well, um, and you mentioned your work before, which actually you've worked into an advantage for you in the game as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So being a, a, I'm a building engineer um, and it's a small property management company. So uh, I do the property management and the building engineering side of, of, the, of my job. So I do both aspects, so. Um, so if you have one, what is your biggest goal for the game? To get as many creative caches out there as possible. I, I think, um, the more creative caches, you know, the more people like it and enjoy it, uh, the better it is for the game, um, mm -hmm. for everybody out there. Um, something that I, I think what I see from my son is he's not interested in finding a lock and lock behind a tree up in the right. woods. 
but he will go out all day and find gadget caches. Um, so I think it's a good thing for the game because I, I, I really don't think the next generation of kids are going to, you know, go hiking up in the woods to find all those geocaches. They're going to be more urban caches. Right. And there's nothing to say that creative caches can't be in the woods, right? No, no, not at all. Um, there's quite a few in the woods. I just happen to have uh, uh, the opportunity to put them on commercial properties. Um, I have no problem talking to people. I, I love talking to people. So uh, I'll go up to property owners or, or businesses and talk to them about putting them in the business. Mm -hmm. uh, part of the advantage is I can have power. Um, so you're not having to change batteries out. You can do a lot of other things um, there. So, you know, and then I can, you know, on our properties, I can mount stuff to buildings, mm -hmm. um, do a lot of different things. So I'm going to brag on you for just a minute and, and point out why I wanted you to be my first interview. Okay. Um, it's because when I asked that question, which by the way, to the people listening, you didn't have these questions ahead of time. You know, this wasn't one of those Jay Leno shows where we set you up for the, you know, but when I ask you what's your biggest goal for the game, many people would say, I want to get 10,000 caches or I want to do this or I want to do that. Your first response was, I want to add back to the game. That's, yeah. that's awesome. So, and you're doing that. You're helping people out at, you know, we, we got to play with a few of your gadgets at uh, Georgia recently. And they're great. And you let people come up and, you know, you weren't there selling things. You weren't there trying to make a living or anything else like that. You were letting people play with this, the stuff that you pinch your own money doing. And those um, uh, Pelican case ones that you had there were, were really fun. And people were coming up and playing with them. And I think people were amazed. Uh, there was tons of people coming up and doing that. And, you know, I don't think you got paid to be there, did you? Oh, so no. Was, yeah. <laughs> so that was all on your own. And, from the very beginning, I mean, you're, you know, you're five years in the game. So that's what some would consider a veteran and some would consider new. Right. So, um, but you're already giving back already. So uh, great way to answer that question. And it does reflect on really what your, what your goals are, which is giving back to the game. So. My biggest reward um, for building these is reading logs. Uh, I love hearing about people's experiences. I love creating fun experiences for people. Um, and so that's why I do all this. I, I enjoy taking these Pelican cases to events. Um, there's a couple of different things, you know, we put them usually next to the line. So when people are waiting, they have something mm -hmm. to do. Um, a lot of people haven't seen anything like this before. So it's fun. They're all trackable. So you're not just looking at the cases and solving a puzzle. You actually need to discover a trackable right on them as well. And, um, and then just, you know, the logs, I just think uh, if, if they didn't have logs on them for me to uh, read and uh, I, I probably wouldn't do it. Right. So you're one of those that definitely pays attention to the logs and, and likes to read it. I know some people never really read the logs or the caches they put out there, but uh, um, so just as kind of a side note, before we move on past this to some of the other questions that, uh, and, and Gary's going to get on to me if I don't stay on track. Right. Cause I, I tend to go down rabbit holes a lot, but well, kind of, for the people that haven't seen it or haven't been fortunate enough to, to come across, you know, one of the caches you're talking about, describe a little bit kind of, one of those, you mentioned the Pelican case uh, gadgets, kind of describe what that is. Um, so they're Pelican cases and I have four different sizes I use. Um, and the one you see in Georgia were all the, the extra small ones, mm -hmm. uh, but some have doors that open. Um, and so they have different puzzles. Um, there's crack the code, there's crack the save, there's uh, trivia ones. There's, I'm, I have so many different ones. I have one that's a good Geiger counter. You have to, to take out and you got to find different waypoints within a certain amount of time. 
Um, I, there's trying to think of all the different ones I have a Simon says, um, uh, which is a pretty, pretty easy one. Um, you had geocaching trivia with you. Geocaching trivia. I have so many of them. Um, I, I have, uh, 30 of those Pelican cases. So, right. uh, there's a, <laughs> a lot That's I can't think yeah. about. So to me, they're basically magic because I don't know how they work, but there's got to be something on the inside of them, right? How, oh, yeah. how do you make those things work? Yeah, so they're uh, all Arduino-based um, ones. They have a either a keypad um, that you – and there'll be a puzzle. And so what you have to do is you have to solve the puzzle, enter the code into the keypad, and then the screen will pop up a trackable number mm-hmm. if you have the right answer. So – um, yeah, everything's Arduino-based. There's LEDs. There's all kinds of stuff in them. But, you know, they're really simple. Um, I use, uh, you know, Nanos, and they're about $3, $3.50 a piece. Um, you know, LEDs are really inexpensive uh, to buy. So it's mainly just building it that is, is the hardest part on them. So what about your Pelican cases? Because those are not cheap. These ones are. Uh, I buy these at Harbor Freight. So oh, okay. uh, the extra small one you get, uh, I can I get for uh, $14.99. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the biggest ones I have are probably $45, I think. Okay. Um, so they're well, not they're I mean, in price, but you're, I mean, it takes you a long time to come up with the idea and program it and you test yours pretty well too, right? Cause you're not just going to send it out immediately. Yeah. I take them to events, test them with other cashers. I have my family. I test it with, mm-hmm. um, here and, and other friends, um, you know, and, uh, so I, I pretty much do that. And then I have other friends that are gadget cashers that I'll send them the code and, and uh, you know, they can test it, see what they want to do, you know, see if they have any issues or, or add anything to it. So um, that Arduino programming, how long did it take you to, were you already doing that before you got into geocaching or did you pick that up during geocaching? I learned it just to make these caches. Okay. Uh, and learned it. I'm not really that great. So um, I don't know if I know coding it. It's C++ and I'm not really great at it, but there's a lot of uh, websites out there that's great for helping you. Um, there's a lot of codes that are already out there and completed that you just have to pretty much upload to your Arduino and then hook everything up to your pins and, and it's good to go. And that's how my first few were, were just uh, some crack the code. So it's just a keypad and a screen um, code, which is a real basic code. And I just, you know, downloaded it and copied everything that they did on, um, in fact, I was off YouTube mm. and, uh, copied that and that's what started it. And then, you know, of course you get into, okay, well, I'm going to start doing this, you know, RFID scanning ones, all kinds of stuff. And then that gets a little more difficult. And then you have to learn a little bit more about it. Okay. So, um, I know you're kind of a modest guy, but it, are you able to do this because you're a computer genius or could the, you know, an average person with halfway decent computer skills learn this thing. I'm not a computer genius at all. So would you tell my, you were? I don't think you would. But. Yeah, um, no, um, I am good at building anything with my hands. Mm-hmm. I can see something and build it. Um, but when it comes to programming stuff, it, it's really hard for me to comprehend doing stuff. I, I uh, can't, I don't know if you want to put this in the podcast. I can't read. I'm dyslexic. So mm-hmm. I can't read a book and know how to do it. But if you okay. show me once, I'll remember it. Okay. Uh, and so uh, that's, um, so I'm not a computer genius at all, but watching these videos, doing stuff like that makes it a lot easier for me. Okay. 
Um, well, you do great work. I mean, I've only seen some of yours, obviously, but I hear about them. Obviously, I talked to a few people, right, in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and, and I heard about you long before I ever got to talk to you. And people were like, have you heard about this guy? Have you heard about this guy? Did it surprise you that like your name got out there pretty quick when you started really helping people and, and adding something to the game? Yeah, well, at first, my first couple of years, um, I put the caches out as Bounce Bounce. Mm-hmm. And I'd go to events and I'd use my son's name as when people would meet because I was embarrassed. I didn't want people to know who I was. I didn't want, um, you know, any of that stuff. So I, I met a few people and then someone saw me at a cache and met me who was on the WSGA. And so mm-hmm. she told a couple people at an event who I really was. And then that's where it kind of started getting out. And then, you know, they said, you just got to, you know, own your name. I mean, don't be afraid of it. So uh, I started telling people that. And then, um, you know, after that, just talking to people, um, you know, going on podcasts, you know, doing the chat room and everything like that. The secret was out at that point. Yeah. 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 So, and now I can live with it. I, I'm not a big fan of the name Bounce Bounce, but, uh, you know, it's out there and it's, you know, I've learned to live with it. Yeah. You kind of, uh, once you start meeting people and using your name, you're kind of stuck with it. I mean, I know technically you can change it, right? But, uh, um, yeah. It's you gotta you gotta kind of own it after that. It's it's you. So you've already built a reputation. Um, so obviously your favorite type of caches to put out are creative caches. You put out any non-creative caches? Not anymore. When I first started, I did. Right. You, you got to start yeah. somewhere. Oh, and yeah. So you know, I would do you know the the uh, I don't know if I did any lock and locks, but you know the bison tube under a light skirt. I had a few of those. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I'd put some out just to hold a spot too. Right. And right. So then I can hold it and then uh, start working on the cache I wanted to put out there. And then I'd archive it and republish, you know, and, and submit this, the new cache for the area. So, so since I know that you, you maintain your caches and you read the logs and everything else, do you know without looking and obviously they, people listening can't tell if you do or not, but I'm watching you, do you know, without looking how many active caches you have out right now? I think it's 20 or 21. Oh, good job. And you didn't even look away to look at your stats or anything. So that's pretty good. <laughs> I cool. think someone just asked me this question the other day. Ah, cheaters. <laughs> so That's pretty right. good. I mean, yeah, there's a wide range. Some people only have a couple caches out, and there's people that have hundreds of caches out, right? Um, yeah. Not all mine are, are the uh, – I think I have one out there that I want to archive because it's not as creative as what people – I think it's a creative cache. It's a fun cache. Anybody can make. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I get a lot of logs that say, oh, not expecting this kind of cache from Bounce Bounce and stuff right. like that. So then I was like, well, maybe I should should archive it and let someone else put something there. And you, you build a reputation, right, for quality caches and people come to expect a certain type. Um, are most of yours, well, what types of caches, meaning like what icons, what different uh, cache categories do you publish them under? Uh, mostly just traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do have two, three multis. Okay. Um, and I think that's it. I don't do any mysteries. I just keep them traditional because the majority of people that find caches just go for traditionals. Um, I do do a puzzle attribute on them, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I, right. I want people to find them. So you use uh, the field puzzle attribute. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. The field okay, puzzle yeah. attribute makes sense. Um, you know, I'm listening for where I go and I haven't heard that yet. Right. I don't have a where I go. I'm not that smart to make that. <laughs> oh, come on now. Come on. 
I want to do uh, a where I go and uh, my wife really wants to do one, but I just, you know, honestly, I haven't had a time to sit down and, and uh, work on it. You know, I happen to know a guy that, yeah. that uh, knows how to do those. So we may have to, we may have to chat after this interview. Sounds uh, good. Um, so, uh, so traditional puzzle and, you know, here's the thing too with, uh, I'm glad you said traditional because Half the time when I'm finding caches, if I want something creative, I stray away from traditional because there's not a lot of gadget caches in this area. So traditionals many times in my area will just be just standard cache. Uh, usually when you get something really creative, kind of in my local area, it's it's the other type. So that's kind of cool that you're, you know, adding that to the traditional type, which is good. So because you could go pretty much anywhere out with it if you wanted to. And um, that's well, good. that, that goes that goes back to uh, having new people or beginner uh, cashers um, finding them is, you know, most of them are just going to go for a traditional cash. Um, so I, I think that helps out as well. Well, that's a good point because the non-premium members can only get like uh, traditionals that are one five, one five, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So even if it's not right premium, I don't think they can get one or is it over a two or something? I'm not real sure. I thought it was one five one five, but honestly, I haven't looked at that lately. So you do a lot within that range, or is the difficulty of yours normally higher? the 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 terrain is typically uh, a one five, uh, mm -hmm. but difficulties. I'm not really good at estimating how hard it is for people to find them. Right. And so um, I'll put them out at what I think it is, and a lot of people go, "Oh, that's way too hard. That should be a lot higher." So I've changed it. And then people are like, that's way too hard. You should bring it down. So I started changing it. And then I had an email once on from someone saying, hey, you're messing up my, some of his stats, right, by changing it. And so then I learned, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to change it. So I just put out what I think it should be and leave it at that. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's always hard to gauge because that changes over the years to your opinion of difficulty. And we've talked about that a bunch on the show, but um, yeah, you, you get those nasty notes if you start changing difficulty and terrain on stuff. But yeah, and when I build them, it makes it easier for me to do it. So I, I don't know exactly how hard it is. And that's why at events or making them as lab caches, I can sit there and watch people do it mm -hmm. and see how long it takes, you know, and, and what they have problems with. And so then I can adjust it there when I put it out, if I put it out as a regular cache. All right. So now we're going to hit you with the hard questions. All right. Okay. Three more questions. I'll, I'll tell you that we have three more, but I'll also tell you that these are the hard ones. Um what would you like to see in the future as far as geocaching? I'd love to have a lab cache icon. Okay. Uh, so when you, instead of having a traditional or a mystery, I would love to see, or not a lab cache, I'm sorry, a gadget cache. Gadget cache, yeah, yeah. Gadget cache icon. Um, or even an attribute would be nice. That might be a lot easier for HQ to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'd love to see them bring the uh, distance way down on that, you know, <laughs> just because being selfish, I have some properties that are malls that I could put a ton of them on there, mm -hmm. some really creative ones. And, and that would be really fun. And, and that's really the only reason I want to see that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, other than that, I would just love to see the gadget cash icon. Okay. So if you got to pick one thing, you would pick the get now, which, which do, would you prefer icon or attribute? You mentioned both, which would I really have the icon and on? you can, yeah, I'd rather have the icon than the attribute. Yeah, we all want to see new icons, right? Because it's just more to go for. So, all right. But the issue with that is how do you determine what's a gadget cache and what isn't? 
Right, right. right? Yeah, it gets pretty subjective, I would think, at that point. Yeah. You know, does it have to be Arduino? Can it just be, you know, like the the monkey puzzle with the the PVC pipes or? Right. I guess it'd be pretty hard uh, to get somebody to really define gadget cash, right? Yeah. I wouldn't want to be the reviewer anyway. Actually, I take that back. I would never want to be the reviewer. So I wouldn't want to be a reviewer. No, no. It would take all the fun. I am very thankful for them, but uh, no, thank you. Yeah. I'll just sit back and make them and, and put them out. That's that's all I want to do. Okay. So the next hard hitting question. Uh, I haven't got you to cry yet, so I got to hit you with the hard ones. Um, why do you geocache? I put them out so I can bring joy for other people, right? I, I enjoy reading their experiences and, and uh, their logs. And that's why I put them out, honestly. Like I said before, I don't find too many geocaches. I'm not a huge finder unless they're really creative. Um, you know, I've traveled, you know, to Chicago to find the wired caches and, mm-hmm. you know, I'll do that to find caches, but just to go walk in the woods to find, you know, a bison tube or a lock and lock, that's not really something I'd rather sit in, in my workshop here and build stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, the reason why I make them is to read logs and, and see what people think of them, you know, and, and, and know exactly, you know, a lot of logs say, Oh, this was, you know, the best stuff. This is, you know, um, really creative and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I like to, I think I got to put that exactly. Uh, I like to hear about people's experiences. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the biggest thing. So I like yeah. to create a good experience for people. Um, and that's a very, uh, it's a very good selfless answer. I like that. That's, that's good. Um, so what is your favorite memory from the game? Events. I love going to events and meeting people. Um, my favorite event, um, my favorite event was here in Seattle that Goblin Dust put on and, uh, he hid 10, uh, lab caches. I hid 10 lab caches. It was in a small town. Um, and they're along the shops. Uh, it, the town was two or three blocks long and they're in like every other shop. And so when you went to this event, um, you just walked, you walked by cashers and ran into cashers, you know, walking between shops. You had a chance to talk. And like I said before, I really enjoy talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I enjoy watching them uh, work on my puzzles. So, uh, you know, that that was my favorite event just because, you know, you had a chance to talk to someone. You're not jumping in the car trying to race to go get 30 caches that are around you know, all around the town, 20 miles away and stuff. So I enjoy being able to walk around and talk to people, which is why at most events you always see me behind a table. Yeah. I'd rather do that than go out and find them. Yeah. We, uh, it's funny, Gary and I, you know, we go to, we go to some megas. We don't go to tons. Right. But um, it's funny because we go and we're doing geocache talk stuff. So we're doing the same thing you're doing. A lot of times we're behind the table or we're out talking to people or whatever. And, uh, Many of my friends that go to the same megas that we go to, they find hundreds when they're in town. And they're always flabbergasted when uh, they go, how many caches do you find? I'm like, I don't know, like 17 maybe for the whole weekend. Like, what were you doing? I was like, meeting the people that I never get to meet. You know, the events are mm-hmm. one of my favorite things too. And most of my best memories are from events and getting to meet people like, like we got to meet in person and get to people that I've been talking to, you know, over whatever for a few years, but we never in the same location. And uh, you get, I get sidetracked just like you. I get sidetracked and I start talking to people. I'm like, oh man, I was going to cash while I was here. <laughs> but uh, I do, I do the same thing. Um, you know, I, going cashing. Poor, poor uh, Goblin Dust was with me, 
And, uh, you know, we were riding together and I ended up talking to a lot of people and we'd go out and find the, the labs and then people would recognize me and I'd start talking to them and <laughs> poor guys out trying to find caches, but he's riding with me. So he's kind of stuck, but luckily he's a good guy and has a good attitude about it. But, yeah, yeah, we, uh, we got to, to meet and cash with, uh, Hulu UC. Uh, we've mentioned several times on the show and I, you might've got to meet him in Georgia too. I don't know if you did or not, but he's from Finland. And uh, one of my uh, one of the f- most fun things I've had ever in geocaching because it was kind of an involved situation. We were riding around and find some of the caches that day, right? And there was Gary was in the car with us, and Joshua was there with us, and uh, we're there. And this was during the leaderboard challenge, and we're driving down the road, and we're trying to go to the next cache. And this guy caches a hundred percent overboard all the time, right? He's he's the mad fan. He caches like crazy, and at one point he goes. Wait, there's 40 points over here. It was during, <laughs> we all whip off, and we all just busted out laughing because it was like nobody else would have understood that except for you know our group and kind of the geocache talk family and everything else. And uh, you know that wouldn't find in 100 caches. It was just one random cache on the side of the road and that camaraderie in the car that you, you can't have anywhere else, right? You don't uh, outside of events you don't usually get that kind of stuff. But uh, so I definitely uh, I agree with you. That's that's probably one of the best parts of the game. And uh, here's where I tricked you. That wasn't the last question. So okay, <laughs> you know I got I got to throw a curve in there. No, this is hard. No, uh, great. And but before we get, I'll give you. A, I'll ask the question, and I'll give you a second to to think about it. But my question will be: um, So let's say you're known for creative and gadget cash. We've pretty established that, right? Like you love the creative stuff, and you love giving back. If somebody else kind of starting out. Um, wants to kind of follow that path and they think creative caches and gadget caches are where I want to be. Um, what three tips would you give them to kind of get into it and kind of explore that? So I'll let you think about that for a second as I, I thank you for coming on. You're my very first guest on here. Um, well, I appreciate it. Podcast. I love it. And thanks for coming on. And um, this is the start of, we're going to interview many people, but uh so I want to give you a second since I, I blindsided you with that one. I asked you for three tips, but uh, as we kind of finish this off, uh, your, your your goal has been to give back and to help to the community. So hopefully more people listen to this and go, I want to try that as well. So now, uh, now that I gave you time and lead time, what three tips would you, uh, would you give somebody that's like, I want to do that same thing? Um, I guess the first thing I would say is, Think about what kind of cash you want to do. I don't know what, you know, what kind of skills you have. Um, but um, maybe look up on YouTube. Uh, you can look on Pinterest, uh, all kinds of places for creative. You can go with creative cash if you want. You can look for creative containers. They're, you know, they don't have to be puzzle. They don't have to be geocache stuff. You can look for puzzle boxes. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's not Arduino based. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to find a good location. Um, you know, you just can't throw a creative cache. Typically, you can't throw a creative cache just out in the middle of the woods and it will survive and, and be wow. okay. Um, but I would say do some research, look at some stuff. If you know any creative cachers, maybe reach out to them and talk to them. Um, I, I know myself and a couple other ones that are always willing to help people out uh, if you have any questions or, or need an idea on a cache uh, to do some stuff. Um, and then, you know, if you want to get you know, more into it, you can start looking at Arduino stuff, the more of a smart type cache, but, you know, keep it easy, uh, keep it basic, because once you get past the basic stuff into Arduino, then it start, probably starts costing you a lot more money uh, mm-hmm. to get into these things. So 
um, you know, take a look at some, just look online at some stuff, talk to some creative cashers, you know, and, and kind of go from there. Um, that's what I did. I mean, I spent hours and hours Googling, um, you know, containers and, and all kinds of other things just to, it didn't, a lot of it didn't even have to do with geocaches. And then you could look at it and go, oh, that'd be a good container. You know, that would blend in. Um, unfortunately, most of mine are, are uh, you know, urban based, right? So most, uh, you know, a lot of caches put stuff out in the woods. So mine all blend into the city, not the woods. I do have some that are big uh, ABS pipes that are covered in moss in a, and they're, they're in the grass in a big pile of moss. So they're hard to find, but that's about as far as, as, as far as I get for putting stuff out in the woods. Okay. But there's, there's so many other caches out there to look at. Um, you know, you can li- you can go on YouTube and see other um, geocaches. I think West Virginia, Tim, you know, he puts a lot mm-hmm. of stuff out and shows you how to make them as well. Um, you know, but reach out to people, look stuff up. That's what I would do. So, so basically don't be afraid to jump in. Right. You're never um, going to know unless you do it. Do you see any problems? So somebody jumps in, they start doing these videos or whatever, and they think I might be able to do some of this. Do you see any problem with them? Absolutely. Like if I was going to start right now and do my first creative hide and I find a video that you made or WB Tim made or whatever else, do you see any problem with somebody absolutely creating it exactly as you've done it and just putting it in their area? Like copying it, so to speak. If I put a video out, then if someone copies it, that's my problem, right? I'm putting the video on. If you don't want someone to copy it, then I know there are some people that don't want pictures of it or anything like that post anywhere, but mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with it. I created some caches that I actually thought was world unique for me, something that I've done and I put them out and then I've had logs go, Oh yeah, I found this one before you know, or, or something like this, just like this before. And I was like, really, I thought about that. And, and I thought I really worked hard on, on making that something that I did and someone else has done it. So, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's so much stuff out there and it's, something's probably been done that's close to it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be afraid of it. I would just stick it out there. You know, I wouldn't put it next to one that maybe right, is exactly right. the same. Right. Um, we, I know there's a lot of creative casters that share their ideas. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're a couple states away, they don't have a problem, you know, giving their code and, and or their ideas away to people because right. the chances of people finding, you know, those two exact ones are, are pretty slim. Yeah. And I, I would have no trouble with that at all. Right. I mean, I'm, I haven't put out a bunch of creative caches. I've done some other things. Um, like, you know, I, I get into building where I goes and I have many people go, Hey, can I copy that? You know, do you mind if I copy that in my area? Of course I don't. And usually I'll just send them the code. I'm like, here's play with it. However you want, you know, here's the, here's the file for it. Um, now I can, I can understand how some people would be a little hesitant to copy somebody's, but I would say that if you're, if you're kind of on that fence, would you tell them just to reach out to somebody and go, Hey, I want to try to build something like yours. Most of the hiders are going to be you know, they're going to appreciate that. Right. I would think so. The ones that I know would, yeah. um, you know, if it's something that you're wanting them to do, then, you know, or if it's, I mean, if you're copying identically, then, you know, this is something that we've talked about. I've talked to other people about is, you know, um, then, you know, put their name in the log that, you know, you, you got the idea from them or, or they gave you the idea or, or something like that. But I mean, it's not required, but, you know, I bet you they would appreciate it a lot more than if you just copied it and just put it out and didn't mention anything about it. Right. Um, so what about if somebody was going to start and it's their first creative one, would you say jump in with both feet and do something super complicated or start simple or? 
I would start simple. Complexity. Okay. Yes. Start simple. Um, there's always going to be something that you didn't think about that is going to happen to it. Um, I try and think about everything I can think of and, you know, there's always something that you miss and some, somehow will get broken. Um, someone will get into a back way. You know, I built a, uh, <laughs> a complicated puzzle that you had to type a code in to, um, to get the, the door latch to open. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I had a switch on the side, but I didn't mark what it was. And someone found out that that was the on-off switch. Well, if you cycled the on-off switch, it would undo the latch for a few seconds. <laughs> so, so they found a way around it. Nothing I would have thought about. So, I was, But I'd start out simple and and uh, go from there. You can always change it. I have so many of mine that have changed since I put them out. Um, one's changed four times. And I didn't archive it and republish it because, you know, I – I like the logs and the favorite points. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to get rid of a bunch of favorite points and go through the whole republishing thing again. Although now I probably would, um, but you can always change it. Mm-hmm. Right. You always make it different and, um, or make, you know, learn something and then make a different one and put it somewhere else. Okay. So I think that's three good tips and I don't want to deviate from my own question, but um, it, it kind of brings up a point in something that I've seen. Uh, how much do you go into to make sure it's kind of uh, field worthy? You know what I mean? Like, you know, people, because geocachers are creative, right? And just like you said, they found another way in. Do you try to make sure it's really sturdy for the field? Yeah, I don't. Um, I finally had one of mine muggled uh, on Christmas Eve. Oh. Uh, and they just broke the lock off. They left the container because it's bolted to a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first time uh, that, I've ever had one muggled, but I go through a lot. I build them very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I put them in great containers, uh, and then I mark them exactly as what they are, so that cashers can't. Um, they know exactly what it is. And they don't start messing with other things, right? Um, yeah. And and that's one thing about urban caches is I'll have electrical panel that's a cache next to all these electrical panels. Panels, but mine says it has a big sign in the front that says geocache, right? So. Yeah. Unfortunately, I still get people. Yeah. Yeah. I still get people say, Oh, I can't find the cache. And I'm like, well, look for the word geocache on there. Like, Oh, I didn't notice it. I'm like, the thing is like 10 inches long. (laughs) So, but anyway, there's always going to be something. Oh yeah. And it's, you know, you probably have to, it's probably healthy to kind of take the travel bug attitude, which is once you put it out in the wild, you really can't control what happens after that. You can do your best that you can, but there's always a chance that something could damage it, even though it's a labor of love and you're doing all this. Um, obviously, you spend way more time than somebody that just throws a pill bottle under a bush, right? So, but you have to know that there's always a chance if you're getting into creative caching that things can happen to it. It can happen if it's not bolted down. Someone might like it more than you, and they may right. take it, uh, or or they think they like it more than you. Um, so, you know, there's always something that can happen. You know, an ammo can in the woods. Um, I think. You know, a lot of people's going to see it and be like, oh, I use this in my car for a toolbox or something and, right. and take it. I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, just uh, learn. You're going to learn by experience by putting them out and just building the best you can. And in true, if they were going to do a true bounce, bounce cash in a Pelican case, get permission. <laughs> yeah. Or, behind a business without permission, right? Yeah. Well, the ones that you see at events in the Pelican cases that mm-hmm. look like, a defusible bomb, anything like that. I don't put them out in the wild. 
Okay. Um, because that would be that would close half the city down. You have a huge police response, and <laughs> please don't do that. <laughs> even if it, even if it's a geocache on the front, I'm I'm sure they need something to do. So, but yeah, uh, you can't trust that, right? So, <laughs> right, exactly. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't put anything like that. In fact, I think under the guidelines, it can't say uh, warning or danger. Um, right. it, it can't look suspicious. Uh, on them. Uh, if you notice a lot of my signs that I do, I do custom signs for most of my caches. And uh, they, I used to have warning on them and then realize that you're not supposed to have that. So now they just so you notice. Yeah. But, you know, I have some that say warning, no power instead of high power. Um, you know, but then it says geocache underneath it or something. Yeah. So, well, uh, thank you. Uh, you suffered through. You did all the questions. You didn't cry for me. So I'm going to have to work on the next person. But uh, um, thank you. And I hope this gives everybody kind of a, a better look inside your kind of method and kind of what you've been doing. And uh, we bring your name up a lot. So now I'm glad that we've got a little more in-depth interview so people can hear that. And uh, I think everybody else too, but I look forward to great things in the future from you. And uh, I really hope you continue to have this right attitude that you're really wanting to improve the game. So uh, uh, thank you for being on and we'll wrap it up with that. All right. Thank you. It was, it was nice. <laughs>